clothes that fit though are important. Yes. If you are a new mom or you're pregnant and you're not quite fitting in those jeans or anybody for that matter, if you put on five or 10 pounds and you're not fitting in your old jeans again, don't stuff like squeeze, your stomach into, yeah. yeah, squeeze yourself into these jeans that you want to wear, but you're just not comfortable in because you are not going to feel confident in it. You're no. not going to feel comfortable in it. Like it's only going to make you feel worse. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe buy one size up, maybe keep those maternity clothes a little longer, wear them a little sooner, whatever you need to do. Welcome to the Build with Braybeck podcast, where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Braybeck. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Thursday. Welcome back to the Build with Brayback podcast. It's your girl, Amanda Brayback. So excited for you to have returned or maybe it's your first time listening um, and welcome. So glad that you're here. My little corner of the internet. We even like classify podcasts as just like being on the internet. Where are they? What would we say like Spotify is? I don't even know. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, I hope you're all having a lovely week. I feel like this week has flown by as it, I don't know, as it does, as it has been doing. Um, high for the week. I feel like I've just been in really a happy mood and I've been spending a lot of time um, I like exciting things for my friends, like the last couple weekends, there was a bachelorette and then a bridal shower. And then last weekend I, um, helped a friend out with her engagement photos. We have a wedding next weekend and also going to look at wedding dresses with another friend. So just like really fun, happy, moments in my friends' lives that I feel like honored to be able to be a part of and just so happy for them. Um, really bringing those vibes into the week. Also, we're going to like just list out highs because like it's all good stuff. Um, Taylor Swift announced this week that she'll be dropping her Taylor's version of Red Unfortunately, not till November, so that's kind of a low. And also, don't come at me, but I wish that 1989 was coming out next. So don't at me for that either. And also, like, November is so far away. What are we supposed to do until then? But nonetheless, we are blessed. We are excited. Can't freaking wait. Um, yeah, I mean, my only low, I feel like, the last couple of days have just been a little stressful and hectic. Um, just, you know, work kind of has been busy. Some like quick deadlines and um, busy with training and stuff. But it's all good stuff. And anytime I let the stress take over, I like to remind myself of the very important fact that literally nothing matters I know I'll get it done. I know it will pass. 
why waste the day getting worked up? You know, not always so easy, but worth, worth trying, you know? Um, I also wanted to touch on, because you know that we talk all about body positivity and that whole movement, what it means and all of that on this podcast. So I would be just remiss if I did not mention Victoria's Secret rebrand. So they're getting rid of the Victoria's Secret Angels coming up with like this rebranded line saying that they're being more inclusive and all this stuff. And while any change, especially in that realm, is good. But it doesn't feel super genuine. So I definitely implore you to Google it and come up like come up with your own opinion. I think any change in the right direction, it's good change, even if it's not the most genuine, even if they're only doing it so they don't totally sink under as they are, are or were, I don't know, however you would like to look at it. Um, they were becoming an irrelevant brand because consumers are smart, smarter than I think that they give us credit for. Um, and it seems pretty disingenuine when they got rid of the fashion show because they were getting so much backlash for it instead of just making it more inclusive. Like you could have kept the fashion show and shown us what we wanted to see. People wanted to just see people that looked like themselves, have it reflect what the actual, you know, population of women that are watching the show look like. There were, you know, they tried to become quote unquote inclusive by having quote unquote plus size models. Those models were like a size six. The average size of a woman in our country, if you're listening in the USA, I want to say is like, what, like a 12 to 16 or something like that. So like just so far off, they could have, you know, included more people of color, transgenders, all shapes and sizes, but instead just got rid of the thing altogether. So that's kind of where the miss is for me at least. And, you know, even with this new rebrand and not focusing on the angels and everything, I feel like no one really gave a fuck about the angels. Just make them more inclusive and also have inclusive sizing. They don't at all. Like their branding, their marketing, their sizes, all of it just like doesn't add up to what they're saying that they're doing. So I hope, I hope, hope, hope that they are not doing this just as a performative act. I hope that they are actually enacting change within the organization, within the product, within the marketing, um, any events, all of it, because that would be a great change to see, um, you know, for the future generations coming up. Because I definitely remember, especially like in college, living in a sorority house with like 40 girls, um, the night of the Victoria's Secret fashion show. It was such a fun thing to watch, 
But at the same time, I just remember it also being so negative. Everyone just talking shit about themselves, talking about how much it brought them down. The next day, everyone would be going crazy at the gym, Pinteresting all these different diets and workouts like to try to lose weight. And no one needs that energy in their life. So I'll just leave that with that. Um, super excited for today's episode. Uh, we're talking all about becoming a mother, how, you know, you can get strong or stay strong during your pregnancy, um, how to have the best, most enjoyable pregnancy, labor and delivery, um, postpartum, getting into all of it, which is a new topic. Uh, for me and for the podcast. So I'm excited to kind of expand that reach. Um, And I hope that you guys enjoy it. Have a lovely week. I love you all. Peace and blessings. I first connected with this week's guest when she was crushing my midday train cardio classes at Everybody Fights while very pregnant with her youngest baby. She started her fitness career training celebrities in LA while gaining multiple fitness certifications, competing in bikini competitions, and even participating in a triathlon. After a few years, she moved back to Boston and became, as she would call it, a pre and postnatal fitness geek. Today, she runs her business, Your Fit Mom, teaches multiple outdoor and online fitness classes each week and is a mom of two. She has been featured in Nessun, Boston Magazine, Boston 25 News, and more. She is a certified, a NASM certified personal trainer and fitness nutrition specialist, pre and postnatal certified personal trainer, and AFAA certified group fitness instructor. She helps new and expecting moms work out safely and effectively so they can have strong pregnancies, smoother labors, and fast recoveries. Welcome to the podcast, Kayla Mayer. Hi, I, I think you just said it all. I think we can just like <laughs> mic drop and end the that And that's, that's the episode. <laughs> Thank you, Kayla, for being on. <laughs> Well, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to uh, chat, connect, and I'm happy to be here. So, I'm yeah. so excited because I think a large population of people that listen are kind of like in my age bracket where, you know, friends are starting to have kids. You're starting to think about like, what is that journey going to look like for me if, you know, that is the journey that you're going to take. Um, and it's tough because there's – so much information out there, but there's also so much that people don't really talk about. Um, so I'm just excited to pick your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, whatever you want to ask, I am an open book and I love talking about this stuff. Like you said, I'm a pre and postnatal fitness geek. So love talking about it. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to just dive right in. Yeah. And I feel like I'm starting to become a pre and postnatal fitness geek. Um, in college, actually, I took this gen ed class that was like to count towards a science credit. Um, and it was called making babies. And it went through like, you know, very basic conception and stuff. But then it went through like, all details of pregnancy of labor, like I learned so much more in that class than I did in any other class in college wow. that I feel like I'll apply to life. And then 
over last summer, I was um, doing these outdoor stroller workouts with some new mm -hmm. moms in the South End. Um, and I had a couple personal training clients that either, you know, pregnant or had kids a few months prior. And it just like really opened up my eyes to so much interesting stuff. But um, I know it's like a whole separate world, I feel like. Yeah. It's and it's just wild to like see what the female body can do. Like we are strong <laughs> um well let's start from the beginning because i love to kind of hear your mm -hmm. background um you know when you moved out to la and then you know the shift that kind of happened when you moved back here and started creating a family of your own as well yeah so um i was always pretty active growing up i wouldn't say i was an athlete by any means i was never much for the contact sports although i danced and ran cross country growing up um, I enjoyed working out at the gym. I would go to like kickboxing classes with my dad when I was like 12 years old. Mm -hmm. um, so I liked being healthy and fit. I struggled with my weight. I'm from an Italian family and we would really use food as a way to socialize and come together as do many other people. And I just always struggled trying to lose, you know, 10 pounds or so, 15 pounds. I was, wasn't um, severely overweight, but I, I always struggled to lose weight. And so finally in college, that's re really where I decided to make a change once and for all. And I actually joined Weight Watchers and that was huge in opening my eyes to um, tracking my food, holding myself accountable, checking in with somebody every single week um, and really be mindful about just like portion control, what I'm eating. Um, and then I also learn smarter ways of working out rather than harder. Like I said, I was always active and I would go to the gym, but I just did the same routine over and over again. I wasn't really challenging myself that much. So I actually became obsessed with like Oxygen Magazine and would take it to the gym with me and I would go through like their little circuits. And Love so that. finally with the, I thought, with the nutrition and the fitness changes, I was able to lose about 30 pounds. And that's really where my passion for helping other people began. So like I said, I was, I was always passionate about working out myself. Um, I never really saw myself sitting behind a desk or re really never really knew what I wanted to do outside of college and afterwards. Um, but I always had this passion for helping people, um, you know, try to reach their goals and motivating people to live healthier lives and um, loved working out. So after college, I got certified to be a group fitness instructor. Um, I started teaching at my school and then I went into small boot camp and then I, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Hold on. So yes, yeah, so I went, um, from small, uh, I went from group fitness to small boot camp. And then after college, I decided to move out to California and I was living in West Hollywood and I got my personal training certification. So my first, um, training job was at Equinox in West Hollywood. And that was such an awesome learning experience. I was surrounded by so many different types of people, different fitness levels. Um, I started training some celebrities um, and I was really just, just completely immersed in the fitness industry. And so I wanted to, like you had mentioned, um, I ran a triathlon, I um, competed in a bikini competition. I really just wanted to learn as much as I could about different types of training styles, um, bikini competitions were something that I always looked at in awe and didn't think I was ever capable of doing it. So finally I pushed like my, you know, insecurities and questions to the side and just dove in and went for it. Um, and so 
I got my first pre and postnatal certification while I was at Equinox, um, as well as a few other certifications. I didn't really use it because there's not a ton of um, pregnant women in West Hollywood, believe it or not. <laughs> and um, I was there for about three years and it was an awesome learning experience. Like I said, um, I loved being there, but after a little while, the bells and whistles and all of the like shiny and brightness of that lifestyle kind of wore off. And I was just kind of feeling like a little empty. Um, it was hard if you compare yourself to everybody around you. And in, in, in West Hollywood, there's like every single person you walk down the street, you're wondering if they're a celebrity or a model or something. Yeah. It's Everyone like is like even, a wannabe yeah. model actress. So <laughs> exactly. they're all it's like beautiful. It's not even real world. Exactly. And so I had dealt with a lot of um, just body image issues while I was out there. Um, and I, I wanted to be closer to family. And the guy that I had met actually before moving out to California um, was still kind of on my radar. <laughs> and thankfully now he's my husband. Aww. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I actually, um, after about being in LA for about three years, decided to move back to the East Coast and kind of reevaluate. Um, I would say I was going through like a little quarter life crisis. Um, I wasn't sure if, you know, fitness was really what I wanted to do anymore because it, I just, like I said, I was had a lot of body image issues and being surrounded by all these different types of people in the fitness industry, I just wasn't sure if I wanted to back off or really be involved. So I took a small step back to kind of reevaluate. Um, I spent a, a stint living in Hoboken, New Jersey um, with that guy. And <laughs> we're both from like the Boston area. I'm from Rhode Island. He's from uh, Southern New Hampshire. So after a little while of being in Jersey, we decided to go back up to Boston. Um, and then, so I started working at HealthWorks, which is a woman's only gym. And that was, I would say, such an amazing opportunity in getting me to really feel like what I was doing was rewarding. And kind of gave me a new purpose in training. Um, you know, I felt like I was actually helping people with their lifestyle changes. Whereas right. in LA, uh, you know, everyone wanted to just get that down to like 8% body fat and they wanted, you know, to do it for all of the wrong reasons. But when I started working at HealthWorks, which is a woman's only gym, I felt like I was actually making changes in women's lives who were then taking those changes and implementing them into their families' lives. And mm -hmm. so I felt you know, this new sense of purpose and um, loved what I was doing. Um, so, you know, long story long, um, <laughs> I was there for about four years and I was then surrounded by pre and postnatal women all of the time, completely different from West Hollywood. Yeah. And my husband and my, you know, that guy I mentioned, <laughs> turned into that my guy. Husband. <laughs> he turned into my husband and we were starting to think about becoming pregnant and starting a family ourselves. And I started digging and doing some research and realizing that, like you said, a lot of there's so much information out there, but it can be confusing, misleading, inaccurate. Um, you know, there's a ton of information if you're digging for it, but it's not really something that's, you know, openly talked about or no. promoted in different gyms. Like you don't go to gyms and just enter into like a prenatal fitness class. Like there's not that many out there. There's prenatal yoga and that's about it. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to start really creating programs for myself to go through and then for the women I was training um, to have safe pregnancies, healthy pregnancies, um, you know, 
a lot of times doctors, you know, will give this advice to their patients and they'll say either if you didn't do it before, don't do it now, or as long as you feel good, keep doing it. But those two pieces of advice are just so vague and they're not, not yeah, it's not super helpful at all. Um, So I found that a lot of women kind of fall between these two categories is a, they're not really sure what to do. So they do nothing at all or B they continue doing what they've always done. And that can, you know, both of those can lead to different either complications or just doing them and their babies a huge disservice. Um, So I really, like I said, started diving in and doing a ton of research. I got another pre and postnatal certification. Um, I started working very closely with pre and postnatal pelvic floor physical therapists, dietitians, doulas, um, mental health therapists, and really just figuring out how to create the best programs and resources and help for pre and postnatal clients. So new and expecting moms. Um, And so it kind of went from me just training one-on-one women to creating these online self-based programs, which I had going, you know, far before COVID. And then during COVID, right before COVID happened, actually, I put together these virtual group training programs, which launched right as COVID kind of happened, which was like the most craziest. (laughs) Yeah, it was the craziest timing. And, um, you know, I hate to to put a positive spin on, you know, something that was obviously very unfortunate to happen, but it was, it was very helpful in me building and growing my business. Um, And so now I run these virtual training programs um, for new and expecting moms, like you said, having stronger pregnancies, smoother labors, and faster recoveries um, without having to worry about peeing your pants or having that belly pooch um, and different, you know, low back pains and, and just working through, you know, a lot of women just settle on this being their new mom bot or this being like their new lifestyle. It doesn't have to be something we settle on. It can be something that we strive to, um, you know, be stronger even on the other side of it. Right. No. And I, I love that. Like the focus is about more of like the experience and like taking control back and being stronger and not just that, like, societal pressure of bouncing back, like all the famous models that, you know, that you see like a week after giving birth, pushing their stroller and like, like they never had a baby inside of them, you know? Um, And I also love like that you're giving them these tools because like you said, like doctors can give such generalized advice. And then there's so many external voices of like, should you really be doing that? Oh, you shouldn't do that. You're pregnant. Like you're going too hard or like, oh my God, you're not working out. Like, you know, like just, (laughs) oh my God. I know there are so many things that you will see and hear. And, and that's why it's really great to have somebody that you can trust an expert in, um, in the field, create programs for you and, and guide you through it because you, you can Google, you know, safe, pregnancy workouts and some of the things I will still my jaw will drop and be like that is not what you should be doing no Um, so it's important like just for anybody listening like you know making sure the people that you're working with are like certified and specialized in this like just make sure you you know who's giving like giving the advice that you're taking here right Um, like even um you probably follow Sarah Fit sure and um this is not shade on her like i'm just reiterating some things that she had said um she kind of did like these 
reviews of Peloton's prenatal workouts. Oh, cool. Because one of the like really famous instructors was pregnant, like during the quarantine. Um, and like no shade to them. I pay for a membership, love their classes, but it was definitely one of those things that like this really trusted fitness brand was putting out prenatal workouts that weren't totally prenatal safe. Like just because this like Uber athlete can do it when she's pregnant doesn't really mean like the general public should be doing it unsupervised at home, you know? Right. And that's like one of those things where it's hard because you would just kind of assume that whatever they're saying is like safe and great, you know? Yeah. So it was was interesting to see like her opinion of it. Um, But okay, let's talk a little bit about like all the pelvic floor stuff and you know, strengthening your core and like your really like inner core and everything, you know, prepping for labor, but also maybe even like before you get pregnant. Like, I think a lot of people kind of have that goal too, or like maybe in hindsight, like once they get pregnant are like, I wish that I had started a little bit earlier. So I had started out on like a stronger footing. Um, so I don't know if you have any like tips or anything like that. I know it's harder that like visually being able to show things, but. Sure. Yeah. So, well, a couple of things that I, um, as far as the core is concerned, I incorporate, you know, I'm very big on diaphragmatic breathing, transverse abdominus activation. This is something that you, you should or could do prior to being pregnant. Um, it's super important during pregnant. So diaphragmatic breathing, you don't have to be pregnant to do it. If you are somebody who's done yoga classes, you're probably more familiar with it, but it's basically just doing deep belly breaths rather than breathing through your chest cavity. So um, there's tons of benefits behind it. Diaphragmatic breathing can help alleviate lower back pain. It can help keep your core super strong. It helps get nutrients to the fetus fastest. Um, during Yeah, during labor too, it helps your baby cope with the stresses of labor. So doing those deep belly breaths helps your baby um, deal with stress of labor better. Um, and then wow. postpartum, it's also something that you can literally do in the hospital bed, you know, on, you know, the day that you delivered. So it's not an ab exercise, but it's something that's just kind of pulling it back to like the fundamentals, the basics. Um, And same with the transverse abdominus activation. So a lot of times people will go through bicycle crunches or sit-ups and, and all these different types of ab exercise, and they're not even recruiting the right muscles. And so they're really just like pulling from their hip flexors or, you know, um, so, so when you can engage, yeah. So when you can engage your core properly, all you really have to do is think about engaging the core and then that's the ab exercise, right? You're not putting, so basically when you're doing a sit up or you're doing a crunch during pregnancy, you're doing this forward contraction that's putting pressure on the front of your abdominal wall, which will after a lot, you know, over and over of re- repetitive movements, it's going to create this separation. Um, that separation is going to lead to what's called diastasis recti. So basically that can lead to um, improper core function. It can lead to low back pain. It can lead to pelvic floor dysfunction. And if it's not resolved, it can lead to what looks like that soft blubbery like belly pooch that a lot of people just say is like the new mom pooch. Um, so that's why learning how to engage your core properly is so important because once you can engage your core properly, 
then you can go through different movements like a deadlift, which is very similar to picking your kid up off the floor or a squat. All these movements are something that we need to make sure that we're recruiting the right muscles because even if you don't work out during pregnancy, you can still get a lot of these um, injuries during pregnancy that could be avoided if you just understood how to recruit the proper muscles Mm -hmm. and also how to um, accomplish these movements in your everyday lifestyle with good form. So um, something I'll also tell a lot of my clients um, every day over and over say it is when they're getting up and down um, off the floor or onto their back, you're, they're going onto their side and then rolling onto their back. And then to get up, they're going onto their side and then coming up. Um, the same as, you know, a doctor would suggest if you got an abdominal surgery or, right. you know, if they're going to tell you to roll onto your side and then get up because you want to take that pressure away from the front of, of your abdominal wall um, and, you know, just keep your core much, um, you know, safer. So those are a couple of things that as far as your core is concerned, um, I would either suggest starting even pre-pregnancy, um, start now. It's something that we go through during the warm-up every single one of my classes or training sessions, because if you're not doing it with me, you're, and you're not doing it daily, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I'll do them. And then right. everyone just forgets to do them. They never happen. It's like stretching. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Um, so those are a couple of things. Um, what else? I almost forget what you even asked. <laughs> I no, I mean, I feel like that kind of covered what I asked. Um, what did I say? Pelvic floor, prepping for labor. Did it. I mean, obviously um, it's like if you have the – the means, you know, working maybe with a pelvic floor specialist and all of those things are obviously super valuable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say a lot of times um, doctors will also tell um, their patients, like, don't forget to do your Kegels. Um, But if you have a tight pelvic floor, Kegels may actually not be the right exercise for you. Interesting. So that's something that I learned throughout, you know, the last couple of years of really, you know, honing in on, on this niche and, and working with pelvic floor physical therapists. Um, and so Kegels are great if, you know, you are of the majority of the people that have either a weak or a normal pelvic floor. But if you have a tighter pelvic floor, it's basically like if you're doing a bicep curl and you're holding your dumbbell up by your shoulder and your biceps engaged the entire time and it's yeah. tight, right? And then when you need to go do the job that it's supposed to do, it can't do as good of a job because it's too exhausted from being tight the entire right, time. Right. Um, so diaphragmatic breathing is actually also very helpful in relaxing your pelvic floor. Um, so pelvic physical thera- pelvic floor physical therapists can be very helpful in establishing either a routine that's right for you, understanding your pelvic floor. Maybe you have a tighter pelvic floor. Maybe you have a weaker pelvic floor. Um, but understanding what's the right exercises for you to be doing. So I always suggest to my clients seeing a pelvic floor physical physical therapist once during their pregnancy. And then even once at their six week post-op appointment, I scheduled mine with my PT right before my six week post-op. And I would say I got more insight into my body and understanding where I was at and what I needed to do at that appointment that I did my six week post-op appointment with my OBGYN. Yeah. The six week appointment with the OBGYN is an absolute joke. <laughs> like what I do hate they do? to say it. I hate to say it. And I, and I hate to like, and I don't mean to be negative about doctors. They're amazing. Right. I but- mean, it's like, there's just, 
kind of seems to be almost like a limitation of, you know, like they handled this thing that's very much in a box and it's definitely not comprehensive of everything that's going on. Yeah, exactly. They're, the OBGYN is basically there to make sure that your baby comes out of your belly. Yeah. Um, whatever, however it comes Which out, is important you know? and great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, when it comes to like that six-week post-op appointment, a lot of times they're not really assessing your pelvic floor. Um, they're not, a, you know, they may look at, if you had tearing, they may look at the tears. They may look at your incision if you had a C-section, but they're most most cases they are not assessing your um, abs for the ab separation, diastasis recti. Um, I I would say I can count on one hand the amount of clients I've had that said that their doctor or midwife has checked for it without the masking. Um, so a pelvic floor physical therapist will be able to tell you your core strength if you've had if you know if you do have diastasis recti. They can help you bring your ab muscles back together. They can assess your pelvic floor. Um, a lot of times doctors also don't talk about um, scar tissue or scar massage at all, which is huge. You know, whether it's a vaginal tear or especially with a C-section scar, it's super important to be massaging that scar, um, breaking up all of that scar tissue, not because you want to get rid of like the, the visual appearance of the scar, but because you want to get rid of any adhesion buildup underneath your skin. So uh, that scar tissue can lead to improper, um, you know, physical performance. If you're, you know, a runner or you're working out, whatever it is, it can lead to um, complications with deliveries in the future. It can lead to uh, many different things, just pain. Um, So it's important that we're, you know, doing the scar massage and pelvic floor physical therapists are the only one who, who have told me about that. I've never heard it from OBGYN. Um, I never heard. I mean, obviously not like I've been to an OBGYN about pregnancy or anything yet, but um, I had only heard about it on like a random podcast where someone was talking about like their own experience with labor and delivery. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. There's so much. It is. And so that's funny. Like when anyone tells me that they're having a baby, I just want to like word vomit all of right. the stuff I want to tell you're them. like I'll send you some notes because I'm like I, feel I got like a lot just so much that like you don't know until you know somebody who is really like involved like this is what I do all day long I you know I'm, I'm so surrounded yeah. into it but um you know a lot of people they get pregnant they go to their OBGYN and that's who they're seeing and that's who they trust and they don't have like you said like a lot of people don't have um, access to a, a physical therapist, or a lot of times people don't even know that pelvic floor physical therapy is a thing. And yeah. a lot of people don't have the um, financial resources to be able to um, work one on one with a personal trainer. Right. Um, so that's why I just feel like it is super important to try to educate yourself and, um, you know, work through these resources. That's why I kind of try to compile as many resources as I can for my clients because. We don't have to suffer through the aches and pains, the complications, the injuries, all of those unknowns. We don't have to just accept that as being like our new you know, right. life. We can really take control, like you said, um, and be better off. So that is like my, yeah. my big goal. No, I love that so much. And like, even it's so silly, but like after taking that one gen ed class in college, it really like even though, you know, I was like 
21 years old thinking like far into the future but being like when i do have kids like i want to be in control like my mom definitely told me some horror stories of things that her like male doctors said to her while giving birth Mm -hmm. to her three girls and like really feeling like you don't have choices in it you just have to like listen to whatever the doctor is telling you to do um and obviously like in some cases for safety reasons that's true but the more knowledge you have just the more power you'll have going into it Um, do you have any either like experiences from your own two times um giving birth or any tips or any kind of knowledge that people can take to kind of like take away from this narrative of like your water breaks and then it's like emergency mode you're in the hospital and it's going to be horrible and you're gonna tear and then have to get stitches and like you know what i mean like it doesn't have to be in some cases such a yeah i mean i would say like to be completely honest when i was in my early 20s i wanted nothing to do with having kids because of all of that it's terrifying yeah i was like i am not having a baby and you know ripping apart my vagina and pooping while I'm going through labor and all of those things I'm like I want no part in that and then I kind of realized that um if I want to have a family then there's really only like one or two ways of getting there and if I want them to be my own kids then I gotta just get over it um and I was also really worried I mean these are like young immature vain thoughts of mine when I was in my early 20s but I was like I want to lose my body like I just lost 30 pounds I don't want to lose my body again and and when I started seeing women who were moms and fit as can be and looked amazing I'm like okay maybe there's something more than you know just accepting this new body of yours maybe you can actually get your body back. And so in doing a lot of research, um, there was one book that I read um, written by a doctor um, and a physical therapist and personal trainer um, about exercising during pregnancy. And it was just a huge geeky book of all the research that's been done. And studies show that women who work out consistently during pregnancy have actually been able to increase their VO2 max by five to 10%. So their lung capacity has actually been able to improve after pregnancy based on what they did during pregnancy. Um, And then also um, there's been studies that show that women are actually able to lose more weight if they're staying healthy and consistent during pregnancy, they'll be able to lose their weight faster and could even get below pre-pregnancy weight. Um, And so that was super exciting to me. And so when, after I had my son, Wesley, um, within four and a half months of um, my C-section, because he was breached, I was at my pre-pregnancy weight. Now that's not, you know, a super short amount of time. There are some, like you said, there's some people that are just those unicorns that it's six weeks postpartum and they've lost all the baby weight. And I will say that's not me. Um, but I did it in a way that was slow and steady um, and consistent. I, without any dieting, I was back to my pre-pregnancy weight within four and a half months. And I'd say that's not like super short. It's not super long, but I'm saying it was kind of right on par with, um, you know, a healthy and consistent weight loss. Um, and then by six weeks postpartum, or not six weeks, six months postpartum, I was actually 
below my pre-pregnancy weight and I was sprinting faster on the treadmill than I had ever sprinted prior to being pregnant. Um, I felt stronger. I was lifting heavier weights and I was just feeling more confident and um, better in my skin. And I will say that was a big part of that was just staying healthy and fit throughout my pregnancy. Um, And so, you know, I don't want people to be scared of going into pregnancy because they think they're going to lose their body or they're going to not be able to get their body back because that's not the case. It's not going to be, you know, walk in the park and it might not be the easiest thing, but it's definitely possible. Um, And then as far as like the labor and delivery with Wes, like I mentioned, he was breached. So I had a C-section. It was not nearly as scary as everyone made it out to be. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes like I had a good situation, like I had a good, um, scheduled c-section so i would say that you know there are situations where people have c-sections and they are scary and they they could be difficult to recover from yeah but preparing your body you know physically during pregnancy will help you recover from those c-sections or from you know labor and delivery so it doesn't don't let everyone's everyone else's opinions and um their own personal experience dictate how you you're going to feel about yours um, yeah, so, I love that. Yeah. And so my, I would say my C-section was again, maybe not a walk in the park, but it was not nearly as scary and as painful and, um, as difficult as I had expected to be, because I think I was expecting the worst to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then for my second, I actually wanted to go for that V-back. So complete opposite from my early twenties where I wanted nothing to do with the vaginal delivery. I was now at this place in my life where I'm like, all right, I work with so many pregnant women and who have all delivered and I still don't know what it's, and I'm a mom and I still don't know what it's like to put the baby out. And I want to know, and I want to feel that. And I want to be able to like, it's like a once in a lifetime. I mean, could be more kind of experience, you know? Yeah. And so I went for it and I will say, um, important to to educate yourself and to prepare for it it doesn't have to be as scary and so I like I said I was scary about the tearing and I was scared about you know pooping during pregnant during labor and delivery (laughs) and um and I worked with a doula I you know and again that may be something that some people don't have the resources to but there's different ways you can work with doulas as well you could um you can work virtually in group settings um where it's more affordable you can, um, you know, just pick people's brain. I feel like with Instagram and um, the resources right. that we have, there's so, so many ways to learn about how to push properly during um, labor and delivery. I actually created a course with my doula and um, we now market and sell a pushing course because unfortunately so cool. doctors aren't like, you can go through 40 weeks of doctor's appointments and they never once sit down with you and say, okay, when you're in labor, these are the positions you're going to go through and this is how you want to breathe. And this is what you want right. to do. It's like you literally, your water breaks and you're like, oh shit, now what? Right. And, exactly. Um, so I think just educating yourself and preparing yourself and, and prepping is, is very important. Um, and once you do the work and, and just kind of trusting that everything's going to be okay and you're going to get through this. People have been having babies for billions of years <laughs> right. and, uh, and you're going to be fine. It's going to be great. Um, so I think that's, you know, I, I feel like the biggest advice I can give is don't, yeah, don't let other people's experiences and opinions, um, you know, dictate yours. Yeah. I love that but so much. And like, take control. yeah, take control. And I mean, I think that there is such a balance of like, 
accepting and loving your body where it's at, but also such a beautiful thing of like getting your groove back and like, you know, we all have the vain side of us where we're like, we want to look a certain way or whatever. Um, and that's just like a fact of life. Um, right. But I like really love what you were talking about of like sprinting faster and like what a beautiful way to like get your mojo back, you know? Cause I think that it's so easy, even like what you we were saying before we started recording of like, you're literally tied to the baby because it, it, she needs to feed every hour yeah. or whatever. And I feel like it must be so easy to totally lose sight of who you are and what you have to give other than that when you're in that like post-pregnancy bubble. Yeah. Um, and even something as small as like, look what I can do. Like I've still got it. Like, you know? Yeah. It's important. Right. Um, yeah. and yeah, I mean, I would say I have learned to accept my, my body, you know, when it's not what it was before at times, you know, like at two months postpartum, I'm looking at myself like, Oh, I just want to be back in my old jeans again, but yeah. accepting that, you know, it's going to take time to get there and just appreciating right. everything that my body or, or someone else's body has been through it is totally. huge but yeah like and said, doing it in such a safe way like yeah knowing um, that it takes right. like, time there is something to be said for like feeling good in your own skin and feeling um that like you know maybe not bouncing back but like feeling back to yourself again because totally. and, and that can that can be completely separate from even fitness it doesn't have to be like i like uh, before we start recording i was saying to you so for the listeners who haven't heard that, but, um, you know, my baby was refusing the bottle for three months and almost four months. And I was glued to breastfeeding every two hours. I couldn't leave the house for more than two hours. And I just, I wasn't feeling like myself. I, I wouldn't, I, I would say I suffered from, I don't, I wouldn't call it postpartum depression, but definitely some postpartum blues because I just feel like I can't even go out to lunch for an extended period of time with my friends. I can't even go take care of myself without having to like rush home to my baby or like somebody else can't even put her down for bed. Like I'm literally the only one. And it's like, I feel trapped and isolated yeah. and alone. And um, so even if it doesn't mean like, you know, working out and getting your body back hundred percent, but maybe it just means like doing what you need to do to, to feel more like yourself again. And so for right. me, that was like, Hey, I'm cutting you off from the boob cold turkey. So we're doing a mix of formula and we're doing a mix of me pumping, but we're getting you to take this bottle and I am walking away and I'm, I'm going out for the day. You know, yeah. I'm, even if it's not even to, for my own, <laughs> my own fun stuff, but I'm like, I'm going to go to work and not worry about it right. and I, or I'm going to go on appointments, you know, and that, so doing, you know, I'm yeah. sure makes you a better mom because exactly. you're filling up your own cup yeah. and then can come back and, you know, be ready. <laughs> exactly yeah which is important sure. um yeah. okay i want to switch gears a little bit just to be mindful of time um and i would love to talk if like you're comfortable with it you kind of mentioned it before just some of like the body image highs and lows that you've gone through um i know obviously before your weight loss in college when you're out in LA surrounded by the beautiful people. Um, and then also, you know, kind of that 
post pregnancy and even during pregnancy, like dealing with those changes in your body and how you dealt with all that stuff. Yeah. Um, how I, how I dealt with it all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Loaded question. I know. Right. Um, yeah, it was a lot like, um, in the beginning of my weight loss, I, I was, I felt good. I was in a healthy place and feeling super confident and somewhere along the line. And I don't really know where that was, but I think I, I swapped out feeling confident and feeling like good about myself for judging myself and feeling insecure. And, um, and I feel like when you get to a place like that, it's never good. Um, and so, you know, I started depriving myself of the foods that I loved or, you know, doing things that I loved. And um, that correlated into like me just having a terrible relationship with food. Um, and so, you know, I would also work 6 a.m. or 5.30 in the morning till 11 a.m., have this weird break in the middle of the day and then work at you know, that trainer schedule from like 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And I was exhausted. I was burnt out. And um, I think I was, you know, in this rut where I would just like come home in the middle of the day, start snacking, take a nap. And then, you know, so many trainers, I feel like are in that kind of like vicious cycle. Um, so relatable. So, yeah, it's, it's unreal. So, um, you know, I started ended, I don't even know how it began, but I, I just started binge eating and I, I ended up with this binge eating disorder, which I didn't even know it was a thing until I started like, I don't know what I started doing, Googling or reading or whatever, but I, you know, I was still at a healthy weight. I, it's not like I gained a ton of weight, um, but I would start going home either during the day or after work and just like, I think it was a procrastination thing. Um, I just, it was something, an exhaustion thing. I was just so overtired. I couldn't even lie down. I would just end up like just shoveling food in my mouth. Um, and then, you know, and then you get into this vicious cycle where I'm like, oh, I'm so full and I'm not going to eat for a long period of time. And then, you know, so I, like I said, I, I was still at the same weight. If you looked at me, you wouldn't see me and be like, oh my God, does that still have an eating disorder? I looked normal, but I, but my relationship with food was terrible. I had this awful relationship with food, food. Um, and I, and I, I dealt with that for a few years and that was a big reason why I left LA too, was just because I was just in this place where I'm like, I'm not happy with myself. I, I don't even know what I'm doing. anymore. like, what am I even doing? Yeah. It's not um, helping your mental no. health at all. And, and then I started questioning, like I said, I was going through this quarter life crisis and I'm like questioning, am I, should I even be in fitness? I felt like I was almost like an imposter. I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. going to my clients and I'm teaching them about how to eat healthy and how to take care of their bodies. And here I am going home, shoveling a jar of peanut butter in my mouth. Um, and mm -hmm. I was just like, this is just, I didn't feel right about it. And so I took a break. And I think in that reevaluation stage of my life, I realized that like, no, I do love fitness. No, I do want to be in fitness. I needed to just figure out how to patch up my relationship with food and, and, um, and deal with that. Um, and so, you know, I actually started um, seeing a nutritionist who deals with um, binge eating disorder. I had seen a therapist a couple times, which 
I never really felt like it was like super helpful. Um, although maybe I just didn't see the right person. Um, I, but I also <laughs> went to Overeaters Anonymous. I went, I read books. I, I tried as much as I could and eventually something just stuck. Um, and I started just enjoying eating again and not tracking. I think a big thing was like, oh, yeah. I would be obsessed about what I was eating and I would track my food and I'd be like worried if I ate half a yeah, banana, that huge. was too much. But then I'd go and eat like five yeah. candy bars <laughs> yeah. or five protein bars. And I'm like, mm, maybe it wasn't the half a banana that was my problem. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, and so, but those are healthy foods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now I just worry about like, I eat when I'm hungry. I don't eat when I'm not. And not every day is perfect. But I would yeah. say for like the past like right. eight years, I have not had to, I have not been in that like binge eating disorder, like lifestyle. And, um, and it feels really, really freaking good to just be like, you yeah, know, it's yeah, freeing. It's super freeing. Um, and so, you know, it took some time to get there, but I, I would say that, um, you know, once I did get there, it's been very freeing. Um, it's nice to eat the, yeah. the cake and just be like, tomorrow I'm going to move on from this, or this isn't going to be the last piece of cake I'll ever have. I can stop here. And I think that was like one of my right. problems was like, I, think every single thing I ate was going to be the last time I ever ate again like <laughs> that's how I would yeah it's crazy it's like, like how your mind plays those <laughs> yeah, tricks on like, you you literally can go to the store tomorrow and buy another cupcake for a dollar 99 don't worry like yeah. you don't need to eat the 10 cupcakes right, right now um, we live in America yeah. there are a lot of sweets exactly, everywhere <laughs> so um yeah so I would say like being in West Hollywood it did not help um and I think maybe you know I was in my early 20s I was you know I wasn't super confident in um myself in my maybe in my work yeah. in in where I was and so um I think maybe if I went back right now and lived there I would be like whatever like <laughs> yeah it wouldn't fine. even it wouldn't phase, phase yeah. me um because I feel like honestly in my 30s I'm like I I know who I am I know what I'm doing I'm like I, I got this. Um, but in my early twenties, I was, you know, you just question everything and Hard. Yeah. you're still just figuring everything yeah. out, but I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. It's relatable for sure. I feel like, especially like what you were saying about being in the fitness industry and being surrounded by, you know, certain body types and, everyone i mean half those people could be dealing with stuff like that behind the scenes and you just don't know yeah, yeah. so it's so easy to compare and like definitely have been there also and like i definitely used to have a really messed up relationship with food and that has just really gotten better over the last couple of years but it was the same exact thing like every time like i remember at so many like family parties and stuff when there was cake I would lose my mind, like eat so much of it because for some reason in the back of my head, I was like, well, after this, yeah. this is it. Exactly. <laughs> when it's like, you could just eat till like you feel satisfied. Yeah. And yep. then like I'll have some chocolate tomorrow too. <laughs> I know. I would say too, like one thing that I think helped me was like cutting out the artificial shit. Mm, and yeah. like, you know, I think artificial sweeteners, they still teach your body to crave sugar. Totally. Um, and so now it's like, just don't like, 
you don't need to put all the artificial sweeteners in because your body still thinks that you're getting sugar. Yeah. Just like, so I kind of cold turkey kind of cut those out. Um, and now if I want the sugar, I just use real sugar. Right. I, just use, I mean, you know it is I mean? Like, like addicting. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, okay. For the sake of time, we're going to do a fun little rapid fire round that I like to okay. end it with. All right. Um, a non-negotiable in your daily routine. Ooh, non-negotiable. Um, I would say working out. Um, I wouldn't say I work out seven days a week. Um, but even on the days that I don't work out, I want to go for a walk. So moving my body every day. Movement. Love it. Um, biggest lesson after becoming a mother. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a toughie. <laughs> the biggest lesson. Um, or just a lesson a that lesson. comes to mind. Um, well, you can't control everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can't control everything. All you can control is how you deal with it. Um, you know, my, just for a quick um, example, I read so many books about sleep training before mm-hmm. I had my son. And when he was born, no matter what I tried, like he was going to tell me like, I'm not sleeping. And at three years old, he is still the worst sleeper. I know. <laughs> it, uh, and like compared to any oh, person I know. All so real. Friends, all, yeah. He is the worst sleeper. And so no matter what I try to do, I've literally tried it all every I've tried different sleep trainers, specialists, a pediatrician. I've tried the books, like everything. Like he has his own mind. And so unfortunately you can't control it all. Yeah. Um, so. And plans, God laughs. That's accepting that and <laughs> just working on how you can, you know, deal with it yourself. Right. Totally. Love that. Um, trying to pick which one I want to ask you. If you could go visit any restaurant from any like fictional TV show, which would you choose? A restaurant from a fictional TV show? Well, I would guess I'd go to the only thing that came to my mind just now was Central Perk. That's what I was um, thinking too. <laughs> um, I'm like, I can't even think of a restaurant from a fictional TV show. I know. Well, I feel like but, that one was um, just like such a pivotal. Yeah, right. One. I love friends and I love sitting at coffee shops. So I'm just going to go with Central Perk. Right there with you. Um, favorite song or artist to move to, either right now or just all time evergreen? Oh, well, I'd say um, I love moving to some Beyonce yeah, um, evergreen. Always. And um, uh, yeah, I'd say some Beyonce. Can't go wrong. Liz, really can't. Lizzo's a good one. I mean, oh, yeah. she's not as evergreen. Maybe she will be, but um, I think right she now, will be. I love working out to Lizzo. Yeah. Some Doja Cat. Yeah. Speaking of Lizzo, um, what is your tip to stay confident on the days where you're not feeling so confident? Oh, tip to stay confident on the days that you're not feeling confident is. Put some makeup on, put some real clothes on. Yeah. That's you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that you need makeup to, to feel, to, right. you know, look better or whatever, but if you're n- just not feeling yourself and you want to start feeling yourself, like get your ass up, yeah. take a shower, put the makeup on, put the real clothes on. 
Yeah. Um, and I find that helps. And clothes that fit though are important. Yes. If you are a new mom or you're pregnant and you're not quite fitting in those jeans or anybody for that matter, if you put on five or 10 pounds and you're not fitting in your old jeans again, don't stuff like your stomach into, yeah. yeah, squeeze yourself into these jeans that you want to wear, but you're just not comfortable in because you are not going to feel confident in it. You're no. not going to feel comfortable in it. Like it's only going to make you feel worse. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe buy one size up, maybe keep those maternity clothes a little longer, wear them a little sooner, whatever you need to do. Maybe just put a dress on that's yeah. a little more forgiving, but don't shove your stomach into these tight pair of jeans that you're not going to feel good in because literally like the all day you're going to be grabbing at yourself. You're going to be like having trouble breathing. It's not going to be a, a fun, comfortable situation. Totally. Agreed. Um, go to pre or post-workout snack. Um, I love myself a coffee, an apple and an RX bar. That's love like it. my favorite, either pre or post. Um, yeah. but I love like one of my meals a day. It's almost like a little treat for myself is like, I have my coffee in my RX bar with a little apple. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, it's like my meal. <laughs> yeah. I love RX bars. Um, finish the sentence. I'm pretty much always. In sweatpants, yeah. <laughs> in workout clothes. <laughs> I'm pretty much always in workout clothes. Relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then do you have any books, podcasts, any kind of resource that either you're currently loving or you've just like found helpful in your life and have stuck with you? Um, well, for the sake of the pre and postnatal um, conversation, um, Jillian Michaels has an awesome book. Um, it's called Obeity. And I think it's fantastic. I read it before I became pregnant. And I think it's really awesome because she walks you through different things that you should think about before becoming pregnant, like getting your teeth cleaned, something that you don't think about, but you can't have x-rays done when you're pregnant. So, oh, yeah. um, and also Never you are more prone to gingivitis and cavities when you're pregnant. So go get your teeth cleaned before. Um, stuff like that, you know, ha having different blood work done, um, even things to think about like organic foods and using microwaves. Um, and then she has workouts in there for you that are safe. Um, she talks to you about different trimesters and postpartum. So I just think that's a really great book if you are, you know, just looking for some overall health and fitness guidelines, recommendations prior to pregnancy during and after pregnancy. Yeah, I think that's a great book. Jillian Michaels wrote. Um, love it. And so, yeah, I love that book. Um, the book I mentioned before that it's more geeky. It's all like research-based. Yeah. It's exercising through pregnancy. I think it's Dr. Eric, Cla no, James Clapp. Okay. Um, he wrote it. And I think that's an awesome book if you want to hear like all the research statistics. and Yeah, so like interesting. Um, and yeah. Um, the pregnancy podcast is a good one, um, for learning okay. all just about different topics. Um, but yeah, I would say pregnancy related. Those are like my, my go-tos. Um, I, I could kind of keep going on with a ton of books. Oh, I know. Well, send <laughs> I, me yeah. any that you want me to recommend. I can always add them to like the episode show notes. Um, sure. and then last but not least, hype yourself up. Where can everybody find you? Your website, Instagram, yeah. Yeah, so I hang out mostly on Instagram um, at Kayla underscore Mayor underscore. Um, 
I have my website is yourfitmom.com. But like I said, I hang out on Instagram all day long. So you can find me there. Um, uh-huh. I, yeah, I teach some stroller boot camps in South Boston. Um, you don't have to have a stroller. You can come pregnant. You can come without your kid, whatever you want. Um, I also, like I mentioned before, I'm doing those um, virtual training programs. Yeah. So those have been awesome um, for pre and postnatal women, you know, whether you're expecting a baby um, or you're newly postpartum, they are awesome workouts that we do live together. Um, You know, you can meet other moms. There's a great community um, and we work together to reach your goals. So if you're interested in doing any training programs, um, need help, I'd love to help other women and would love to work with anybody. So Awesome. (laughs) I'll link to all your stuff. Thank you so, so much. This was awesome. I feel like I could talk to you like all day about so many different things. So we might just have to have you on again and just keep it going. Yeah, Um, sounds good. But thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right. Thank you for listening to the Build with Brayback podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at Build with Brayback and our website, www.buildwithbraybeck.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.